Welcome, sports fans, to the Shoot Your Thought podcast with your hosts, Josh Sanger and Neil Rampersod. Hello and welcome to the Shoot Your Thought podcast. Neil, how are you? I'm good. I was waiting for that second welcome there. You know what? It's okay. there. It's. I've been doing it. I'm going to continue doing it. I've decided. And that's where we are right now. So. Excited for today's show. We got a lot uh, on deck here. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, we're going to talk uh, UFC. There was a big weekend. A lot of stuff happened in UFC this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to talk the NFL Draft, which is tonight on this Thursday edition of Shoot Your Thought. Uh, we're going to talk the Raptors and... The remaining question continues. Really, are they, Raptors? Really? Are they in tank mode or are they not? We put the question up on our Instagram. We're going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about who wins the MVP this season because that mm. is still up in the air. Uh, we're going to talk. Neil's going to go on a rant. Neil's. I'm. I'm going to let Neil just go off on the NBA a little bit, which I'm. I'm excited for. And then we're going to talk about fantasy playoff pickups of the week uh we have nba and nhl fantasy seasons wrapping up and we're gonna get you through them so uh let's start off with ufc neil take it away ufc 261 it was a really like probably a top five event that i've seen in the ufc and i've seen a lot of ufc events it was kind of like surreal to see a sold out jacksonville crowd in florida for this ufc and they were all those fans were treated to an unbelievable card that night, like and like it was, finish, it was, yeah. it was a stacked card, and a lot happened in this event. And I'm gonna get to Kamaru Usman in a second, but like, I just want to take a moment to talk about the fight between Weidman. Let's just talk about Chris Weidman for a second. <laughs> Should we have I mean, a moment of silence for Chris Weidman's I, leg? <laughs> Yes, yeah, like it, wow, Chris Weidman. I don't know if you saw it, but uh, his leg just basically he went for a leg like a thigh kick, just a quick little harmless thigh kick. And this was like maybe eight seconds into the fight, and as soon as he hit that that leg kick, his his leg snapped, his Completely. bone in his body snapped, and then he fell back with you know his momentum leaning backwards. And gravity taking its toll, he landed on that same snapped bone in his leg, uh-huh. which, you know, it is kind of gruesome. But like it is, um, it it furthered the damage that happened to his leg, and it just you hate to see it, you know. And you really do, yeah. Um, just before we get into this, this was the exact same injury that Anderson Silva Anderson Silva suffered against Chris Weidman. Crazy. So like. Chris Weidman's leg, um, you know, was the reason Anderson Silva's leg broke. And now, yeah, the same thing happened to Weidman, which is just insane. Um, yeah, no, the night of UFC 261, like, I I watched a doctor break it down that night. Like, mm-hmm. I, on YouTube, I watched, like, a, like, I don't know how quickly this doctor puts his videos together. But it was almost like an hour after the event. Yeah. And he broke down the entire sequence and just, like what happened to his leg and the recovery period the bone didn't pierce the skin which apparently i found out on saturday would have been made it a lot worse because mm-hmm. um, you risk you know infection you know you risk a whole bunch of other things so it didn't pierce through the skin it wasn't a compound is, injury no right? no which i now know 
what that means. So, um, yeah, no, it's um, it, it could have been worse is, mm-hmm. is the point. Yeah. From that night, yeah, we did see a lot of positive. You know, that was a negative to the night. It was it was a it was a small blemish on what was a really good event. Uh, UFC two sixty one. We did see the main event where Kamari Usman fought. You know, his arch rival Jorge Masvidal, and now Masvidal has been known as this fighter who had a had a very strong jaw and. You know, like he never, he never really has been knocked out before in the UFC. And, you know, I, this is, this fight is one of the reasons why I think Kamaru Usman is closing in on the GOAT status in that division. Who is the GOAT in that division? George St. Pierre. Mm-hmm. And George St. Pierre had a very different fighting history than Usman did or has so far. Um, the way George St. Pierre started out, he started out as primarily a striker. And then he kind of, you know, like modeled his, as, as he went, he developed a very like ground and pound type of game and like a very more, like more emphasis on wrestling. Yeah. Usman started out as more of like a wrestler. And now every time he goes out there, he's adding something to his arsenal. He's adding something to his he game. knocks people out. Now he has, a, now he has a, that in his bag, right? He has his bag of tricks. That knockout was insane. That was. It looked like yeah. it was just straight out of a movie. Like his, it looked his striking like, game is so good now, and it it almost seems like there's no one that can compete with him. Yeah, he's probably he's probably gonna fight Colby uh, Colby Covington next in that division because Robert Covington is gonna fight his brother. Yeah, Colby. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. It's just ridiculous how good he continues to get and how much better he continues to get and and you know it's great for the ufc it's great for him and hopefully we're gonna see some more fights in the near future from did him. you see um jake paul asked asked for a fight right after this fuck my life jake <laughs> paul uh yeah no i was I, i've been watching like uh you know the the interviews this past week leading up to 261 um where you know the reporters everywhere are asking every fighter how they feel about jake paul um, but specifically after this fight, Jake Paul called out Usman and like wants to fight him. No, and Usman, Usman no. <laughs> basically just said, "Yeah, you know, stick stick to your lane. I, I don't play fight. Like, I don't I don't want to hurt you, pretty much." Um, which I I think he should hurt him. Um, but no, a lot of the 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 common answer when all these fighters were asked during the week is that like, I would destroy Jake Paul, and like if if he wants to come after me like i'll gladly accept because i will end jake paul which i i mean i want to see i i kind of want to see um jake paul go up against someone who's currently a ufc fighter well ufc fighters know like if they fight jake paul it's gonna be a money grab 100 percent. yeah they're gonna make money you know probably more money than they would in a ufc fight, uh, match right so take it from this past fight where ben Askren was against jake paul and supposedly got knocked out that'll always be a mystery as whether he took a fall or not (laughs) you know but he got paid you know and you're gonna see more and more guys want to fight this hype man named jake paul this youtube star because of the the payday that they're gonna receive right so it's almost like a dancing with the stars kind of thing 
where hear me out here where all these these fighters that don't really have a career anymore and like have done all these great things but you know not for a while they're coming back out of the woodwork to you know try and get in these big money fights Mm -hmm. like ben Askren, and not to take anything away from what ben Askren has done um you know in the sport but yeah he's not a current ufc fighter all right should we move on here let's move on to the nfl draft which is tonight um this is an interesting nfl draft because uh, i was talking to you beforehand and i feel like this is one of the years in you know most recent years where we don't know like you know what i mean like there's there's even trevor lawrence going number one like that's not certain like it, it there's a lot of quarterbacks on the table um people are saying that wide receivers aren't going to go until later like i don't know it's going to be it's going to be a weird draft but anything things are still up in the air i mean the writing's on the wall like we've seen a lot of teams trade up already um to get a higher pick in the first round um notably the san francisco 49ers and you know like they can spin this however they'd like they can talk about them having their eyes on five different individuals at that number three spot. But we know they're going to take a quarterback. We know they're going to take mm-hmm. probably Justin Fields, if I had to bet on it. Um, but, you know, like, you're going to see a lot of movements during the day today or even hours before the draft with teams that are going to try and trade up. You think picks are going to be traded today before the draft? I think so. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if teams... Like the New England Patriots or the Chicago Bears, who just signed Andy Dalton to a one-year deal. Like superstar the, Andy the, Dalton. Yeah. The writing's on the wall. Where teams like this, even Denver, you know, I know they just made a a splash trade and acquired big boy Bridgewater mm-hmm. yesterday. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if teams like that would trade up to try and get. Because this is a stacked draft class for quarterbacks, right? Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of them on the table. There's a lot of potential quarterbacks that can go in the first round here, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, after Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, you know, there's Trey Lance who was unbelievable at North Dakota State last year. Um, what do you think is going to go first, Trey Lance or Justin Fields? If I were a GM and I had to draft one of these two guys, I would go. With Justin Fields. Yeah. Just, you know, like the two-way play. You look at all the quarterbacks that were in the playoffs last year that weren't over 38 years old. You know, they always they all had like two-way ability, right? They, they could rush and they could throw. You know, Kyler Murray, um, you know, Russell Josh Wilson, Allen. Josh Allen, yeah. Patrick Mahomes. You know, like these... Daniel this Jones, is, Dan, you know. These are all the... <laughs> These are this is the way the NFL is going with their quarterbacks. You want athletic, smart, mobile quarterbacks who can make great decisions and throw the ball. Yeah, right? who has multiple options, and I don't just mean like the options to throw. Like if yeah. he sees an opening in the pocket, like fucking go for it. Gone are the days where you're just sitting in the pocket heaving passes all day long. Like you have to, yeah. you have to be able to scramble. You have to be able to. You know, think on your feet. You know, get get out of pressure. If you That's, were if you were to credit that yeah. that change to a specific quarterback, who would you credit that to? What do you mean? Who is the who is the trendsetter for that? For you know this new wave of quarterback that? Uh, you know, I think it started with Michael Vick. You know, okay. many years ago, um, before yeah, he started fair. killing dogs. <laughs> uh, 
That's not but funny. We early laugh, early Michael Vick was that prototype, right? Like he was he's probably what these new quarterbacks that we're seeing come up now aspire to be. They watched the him running. growing up, right? Like they watched him um exceed like excel at what they did and they're like, Oh, I can do that. You yeah. know, like I, I have that skill set. I'm gonna model my game like Michael Vick, right? And who are you gonna say? Who did you have in mind? No, I was I wasn't thinking of my, Michael Vick. I was I was trying to rack my brain. That's why I asked you. But Michael Vick is a good answer. Michael Vick, yeah. maybe even Cam Newton. You know, like those two guys come to mind first, right? They were the, they were the, you know, like the. I would probably say Cam Newton. Yeah, there are the two guys that I can think of that really. That I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots traded up to like number seven and drafted Mac Jones from Alabama. Yeah, but they just signed they just signed Newton to a one year deal. Yeah, like, I think that's a, just, a perfect bridge deal. You know, if they draft a quarterback, have him learn from yeah, Cam sit Newton. a year. You know, like even though it's a different style, Mac Jones is a very prototypical. He, he's almost like a puppet. You know, he, he'll do whatever Belichick asks him to do. He'll sit in the pocket. He, he probably resembles Tom Brady a lot more than any other quarterback in this draft. Yeah, so. I can see them trying to go out and get a guy like Mac Jones. But I do want to just say, you know, like being a Steelers fan as I am, if the Steelers, you know, they, they're going to, they're going to go out and do exactly, you know, what they, what they need to do as they should, you know, like they're going to go out and get a ground and pound running back, you know, that, that they're used to, you know, like over the years, we've seen guys like Jerome Bettis, Guys, Le'Veon Bell to an extent, right? Like these are primary examples of of their running game, and I think with their twenty fourth pick, they should take a running back. Hopefully, Najee Harris from Alabama. You know, he's probably going to be a perfect fit in that system. I can't wait to talk next week about the fact that the Steelers didn't take a running back with their first pick. I can't wait they, to talk. You about know, if it. they there's a lot of there's a lot of good running backs here as, as well. You know, and. They should, they, they will take a running back, at least in the first three rounds. In the first three rounds, yeah. I think that's fair. Uh, I'm going to throw some teams at you. I'm going to throw some teams, and you tell me what they need to take in their mm. first or second round pick. Okay. All right? The New England Patriots. They need they a need? quarterback. They need a quarterback. They need a quarterback. That's, you know, after all of the signings they have this offseason, quarterback's their biggest need. They're not going to continue on with Cam Newton after this year. They might not even continue on with Cam Newton, like by the end of this year, you know. So yeah, I I was surprised. I think most most people were surprised that they they signed Cam Newton again for yeah. another year. But I think like we were just talking about, um, they might sign a or they might draft a quarterback and then have them learn from Cam Newton. Maybe split up the time, you know, halfway through the season. Uh, yeah, uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I know what the Cowboys want. Uh, they want Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is. A generational talent he's going to go in the first i'd be surprised if he slipped past the first five picks in this draft mm-hmm. he's out of florida he is probably the best tight end that we've seen in a very long time um and he would just tear it up in dallas you know i know there's a lot of mouths to feed in that system but could you imagine if they added that to their arsenal yeah a game-changing game-breaking tight end that offense would be unstoppable. They, yeah, they don't really have... That's that's the one piece I think they need is a yeah. good tight end. The Bengals. 
the Bengals need more, you know, like they, they need to shore up their defense, but you know, like this being year three for, um, yeah, I guess, yeah, we're going for into Joe Burrow going into year three. No, this is, we're going into year two for Burrow going to year two. Sorry. I know this is another good, um, candidate to, to draft here is Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase played with Joe Burrow at LSU. Mm-hmm. Now they're going to draft Jamar Chase mm-hmm. to add another weapon. And and I feel like it only makes sense for, you know, Joe Burrow coming out of LSU, going out and getting his favorite weapon, Jamar Chase, to play in Cincinnati. So I think, you know, I'd, I'd be surprised if they didn't, if Jamar Chase didn't slip to them at uh, at that pick, I, I would be surprised if they didn't take a wide receiver there. Give Joe Burrow some more weapons. Yeah, absolutely. Because Joe Ross can get fucked. Like, he's so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you heard it here on the Shoot Your Thought. Joe Ross, get fucked. Yeah. Uh, What did the Chiefs need to do in order to uh, make it again to the Super Bowl? Shore up their offensive line. You know, like... um, They were really hurt, though, this season. They were, and they let Eric Fisher go. You know, they did make a few trades this offseason, but we, we saw it, right? The amount of times... In the playoffs, or towards the latter half of the season, that Mahomes was forced to get sacked or I felt so bad for him, be thrown honestly. on his collarbone or, you know, trying some acrobatic shit. You know, mm-hmm. I I'd be surprised if they didn't, you know, try and shore up their their offensive line. What about the New York Giants? <laughs> Everyone's wanna, favorite do you team. Wanna, you want to answer this one? I I do. I have an answer. Um, I I want to hear from you though. I think they need to get an, another wide receiver here. You know, they did make a big signing this off season uh, with Galladay. Mm-hmm. Try not to smile too hard. There, <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh but man! One day, one day said, we'll record our we'll record our podcast and you'll see. <laughs> the, the Giants' defense surprised a lot of teams. Um, and mm-hmm. you know there are a lot of weapons that they can still get in the second or third round, but getting a guy like Jalen Waddle from Alabama, I think, would be a great addition to you know kind of learn from a Galladay and a Slayton and like guys like that, you know, yeah. and and really you know not have a huge impact year one, but like really be a great addition to this team. I wouldn't say they need to go out and draft a quarterback, but they might after this year. If uh, Daniel Jones doesn't figure it out. Yeah, well, they don't really have a second option. So I don't think they're going to take a quarterback in the first round. I think maybe in the second or third. Um, I do agree with you, actually. We do need a wide receiver. I do love the Kenny Galladay signing. Um, I think we should go after Devonta Smith. Yeah. I I think um, he's projected to fall in the draft. Um, I don't think that the Giants should let him fall. I think um, I don't think he go- I don't think he goes out of the first ten picks though. Yeah, I my with Devonte Smith, I was going to get to him, but sorry to interrupt. Yeah, I think he's going to end up in in Miami. You I, think so? Eh? With before with sixth, Waddle, before Waddle, yeah, with the sixth pick, I think Devonte Smith is the first wide receiver off the board. A lot, a lot of people, a lot of analysts think he's going to slip because of his size and because of the fact that he's you know he's injury prone. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, that's that's who I'm hoping the Giants are going to pick. What I think they're going to pick, um, you know, they're going to try and shore up their offensive line, which I don't think they necessarily need to do. Um, they got Andrew Thomas last season. You know, they've got Blake Martinez on defense. 
I don't know. I don't think I think you should look to your offensive weapons um, in this draft. I don't think they're going to do it. They disappoint me every season in the draft, uh, besides Barkley. But we'll see. Should we uh, move on, Neil? Let's move on. Let's talk some Raptors and some fucking NBA. (laughs) (laughs) Before we get into Neil's, you know, Neil goes off. Let's talk. Let's talk the Raptors and what the heck they're doing. We put it. We put the question. We posed the question to the fans on our Instagram page. And it was pretty split. It was pretty split down the middle. Most people said that they should tank, though. A lot of people are still hopeful for a playoff run. Honestly, I, I've kind of, I've kind of jumped ship here. I, I don't think, I don't see the point in a playoff run. No matter, you know, how how excited we get, you know, when the Raptors beat a Brooklyn Nets team, when you know they they have these good runs, they almost beat the Brooklyn Nets. They almost swept the Brooklyn Nets in the season series. You know, with KD and Kyrie on the floor, but you know, I, I don't see them beating a, a healthy Brooklyn Nets team in a seven-game series. So, is there a point to a playoff run this year? I don't think so. What do you think, Neil? I think you know, like the the Raptors are just confused as a franchise right now in what direction they want to make, and it is exactly that. It's a seesaw. You know, we we just keep seeing the Raptors sit all of their starters, get fucking fined for it. And then the next game, they'll put, you know, they'll win the game that they're trying to tank. And the next game, all of their starters return. Yeah. And like, oh, we're not tanking anymore. We're not giving up on the season. We're going to aim for that bo- that play-in tournament game, the 10th spot. Mm-hmm. And now, it hasn't been made easy for the Raptors. They're, a, they're in the same position as... The Chicago Bulls are, and the Chicago Bulls unloaded at, at the trade deadline and went out and acquired some big pieces, notably, you know, Vucevic. Vucevic, yeah. The Washington Wizards, formerly the Washington Bullets, loaded up this offseason when they got Westbrook, right? They are making strides. They you know, should they should be in a higher position right now, but you know they've they've gone through their, their one of the, fair share. Of, one of the best Raptors of all time, Alex Len, leading that charge. Hundred percent, hundred percent. You, you know, know he's Raptors let him slip. And the Wizards he's... keep you know it's more more and more likely that the Wizards are going to get that tenth spot, if not the ninth. Um, but you know, with ten games left on the season here, Raptors are ten games under five hundred. They're still going out there with this same swagger. Saying, oh, yeah, we're fucking contenders. Like, we, we don't have to win every game. You know, we, we can play lazy basketball. You know, like, not everyone has to play every game. I think, you know, with the depth that this team has, they're not going to go anywhere. They have no bench. What they're having to do is have two units. So they're having to have their starters be split into two units. So they're having, you know, Freddie play with, Siakam and then Kyle playing with OG or like change up that dynamic and then playing with some scrubs off the bench like Watanabe or Gillespie right like they're they're just not you shouldn't be having to worry about lineups this late into the season and like there's one person to blame for this season it's Nick Nurse you know has nothing to do with the players because they've We've seen players come the in. Blame's going on Nick Nurse. Eh? We've seen players get hot. We've seen players get cold. There has been zero consistency with rotations this year. You shouldn't have to figure out, be figuring out your rotations, seventy games into the season or sixty games in the season, wherever they're at. Nick Nurse, you know, for all he's done in the past, has looked like a fucking rookie coach this year. 
You know, he's had spats with Siakam this season. We haven't seen Siakam make a step forward this year, right? Like, we've seen OG make a step forward, but there's been zero consistency. You know, like this whole franchise, they traded away Norman Powell with the idea that they weren't going to make a playoff push this season, right? So I think at this stage, you know, like I'm not saying fire Nick Nurse. I'm saying it's time to hit the reset button, start over. This is going to be a good offseason for this team to kind of look at what their glaring needs are. Hopefully not re-sign someone like Aaron Baines, who hasn't played the last nine games, actually. Yeah. He's, he's been, he's know, been so. keeping that bench really warm. Uh, do you think, because, you know, I, I want to cut Nick Nurse here some slack. I think it's been a rough season for the Raptors. I think, um, you know, they've had to deal with the, you know, the COVID, COVID outbreak. Um, basically, that kind of interrupted their entire plans on what they were going to do this season. But they... I, I disagree with the fact that they should reset. I don't think they should reset. I don't think they're anywhere close to, you know, having to rebuild. They just, in this offseason, they just, you know, they re-signed. Well, Pascal Siakam was two seasons ago, but his contract started this season. Van Vliet, we re-signed. Ananobi, we re-signed. You know, like, that's our core going forward. And, you know, let's build around them. I think we got something really good in Ken Birch. I think we got something good in uh, Freddie Gillespie. Um, I think this is our core going forward. And I think, you know, I think the time to tank is now um, because we have an opportunity to find that missing piece in the draft. I think Malachi Flynn is going to be a good point guard going forward um, in replace of Kyle Lowry. Sorry to say. Um, But... Yeah, no, I, I don't think it's time to reset. I think it is time to tank. I don't think there's a there's a point to a playoff run this season. I, I yeah. I, do you think Nick Nurse has gotten instructions this season from from higher up? Do you think you know? That's, I think Nick that's Nurse. Where his frustrations Nick, Nick Nurse from? is probably more confused than we are. You know, because yeah. look at the lineups he's throwing out there every night, right? Like one night he's giving Flynn forty minutes, next night he's giving him six minutes, and. How can you expect a player like Malachi Flynn, who's a rookie, to succeed in that like sort of dynamic? Like it's not going to work, right? Yeah, he, he's not been Malachi Flynn has been anything but consistent this season. But he has had some good runs, and for a rookie, you know, a, a late round rookie in the in the NBA, this mm-hmm. is it's it's good to see. It's it looks very promising. Yeah, but the, like the Raptors losing Boucher, you know, like they they were it was a godsend signing that they had Ken Birch bought out and signed with his hometown team and finding gold with Freddie Gillespie, who, you know, like is very competent and tough and is known for his defense. Yeah. You know, giving him him a chance. They signed him to a two year deal this, this, uh, this week, actually. It's a great deal. Yeah. Um, who wins MVP this season, Neil? That has been quite a hot topic of debate. I, me personally, I think it should be Jokic. Uh, I think you know, like with, hit just the the way he's performed this season. You know, Jokic has always been a really dynamic center. Um, they like to call him a point center because he, you know, he runs the offense yeah. on that team. Well, I mean, he has and to now with Jamal Murray. Out. Even more so now, he's showing his his regimen. He's showing his. DNA as to why he should be MVP this year. And he just kind of goes about his business the same way. He goes about his business playing for what his team needs, right? Whether his team needs him to dish out 20 assists a game 
or his team needs him. What we've seen this year that we haven't really seen in the past is him scoring a lot, right? Whether his team needs him to go out and score 40, 50 points, he can do that. Whether his team needs him to clean up the glass and get 20 rebounds a game, he can do that, right? Like, he's exactly what you need out of a most valuable player because to his team right now, he's the most valuable. Yeah. Hundred percent. I and I agree with you. I think it is a two horse race this season. You know because um, you know injuries are always taken into account. What what the team as actually as a whole, if they're winning, is also taken into account. You're not going to see like an MVP come from a team that doesn't make the playoffs. Um, but um, I think if Russell Westbrook stayed healthy this entire season, what he's been doing in Washington is just insane. He has thirty triple doubles on the season. That's insane. And just like, you know, what he's and, and he hasn't he hasn't played the whole season. Mm-hmm. He's been injured for a significant amount of time. I think what Steph Curry has been doing in Golden State, I think the only reason Steph Curry loses this MVP race to Jokic is because Golden State isn't doing as well as Denver is. So I think Jokic does win MVP this season. I think LeBron was also on the table before the injury, but um but yeah, I I have to agree with you. I think it goes to Jokic. I just want to take a moment here and talk about the NBA. I'm going to give you the floor here, Neil. I want you to go off. One of the most pressing problems facing the NBA, the National Basketball Association, is tanking. And, you know, tanking, if you don't know what tanking is in a broad sense, tanking is a term used to describe when sports teams lose games on purpose to secure some sort of future draft pick or competitive advantage that's what tanking is the draft class coming up is absolutely stacked the the state of the nba right now there's probably maybe 15 to 20 teams still being competitive the other 10 are just absolutely blatantly losing games blatantly sitting out their best players their best young players to lose games. They'll look at the other opponent that they're against. They're like, oh, we're against the Boston Celtics tonight. Let's put out, you know, maybe one of our good players. The other ones, injury management, quote unquote. You know, like rest, quote unquote. Yeah, we're seeing injury designations pop up everywhere. Holy fuck, like they're getting away with it. And, you know, here's here's our dilemma. You know, we speak from the north. This is a, a like a northern-themed sports podcast here. We're very opinionated. We love our Toronto sports teams. We love the Raptors, right? We, we have mixed emotions on the Raptors season this year. One thing we can agree on is that the Raptors are getting absolutely cheated. The Raptors are trying just like the those other te- 10 teams I spoke about, you know, like the Detroits, the Orlandos, the OKC, OKC you know, like those... Those are notable teams that come to mind that are blatantly tanking. You know, like look at guys on OKC. They're sit, sitting out um, Lou Dort. You know, they're who knows if Shea is still injured, right? Like we're not getting any reports. And that's what I'm getting at. This injury management, quote unquote, is so fucking vague that they don't even have to give a reason to sit out a player anymore. And they're getting away with it. They're not getting fined. The, rap, the last team I've heard about get fined for sitting out their players was the Toronto Raptors. You know, they sat all their stars just as these other teams are as quote unquote rest. And, you know, like they, 
they get fined for it. Why are these other teams not getting docked for that? It, it makes zero sense to me. And, you know, like it just kind of shows that the association has its picks on who wants to win and who doesn't want to win. And, you know, like it, it, it just blows my mind that the Raptors can't be in the same position, can't be given the same treatment as other teams in the NBA are. I don't think like teams should tank <laughs> at the at the rate they are, you know, and as a sports fan, I've never seen it this bad in my entire life. I've never seen this amount of teams blatantly tank the way they are. You know, you're seeing teams lose by 30, 40 points a game. And if they're not, you know, like they're, if it's a close game, they just bench their best players. Yeah. It's taking away from the integrity of the sport. It's, it's really, um, yeah, no, it's, it's making games not fun to watch. What the NBA basically came out and said at the beginning of this season in this past offseason was that teams will be fined for resting players during, you know, key matchup, key games, you know, high, like, you know, those, those marquee games, the big matchups. Who, I don't know who, who decides what is a big matchup compared to, you know, a, well, a the primetime games. The primetime games, yeah. Um, I don't know who decides what that is, you know, at the beginning of the season, do they decide like as the season goes on and, you know, you see where teams are in the standings, maybe that's how they decide. Um, but yeah, the Raptors got fined for, for resting their players during a key matchup game, a primetime matchup game. The fucking Philadelphia 76ers are the ones that I blame for this, right? Think back to like 2013. I think that's when this like new wave of tanking really originated when um they blatantly you know like they they would make it to the first round every year and they would lose in the first round and then they would you know like try and rebuild and like they were bad for a few seasons the seasons that they landed ben simmons and joel Embiid back-to-back seasons they tanked right like they they got there because of that tank job now you look at a team like okc right now who probably has what was it? I think like 18 first round picks. 17 in the next seven years. 17 first round picks in the next seven years. I mean, like that, you, you think they're going to want high first round draft picks those years? They're probably going to get some really low ones over the next several seasons because they're going to be tanking, right? You know, they have their core franchise player, Shea, Gilgis. Um, but I mean, it just something that, we're going to have to get used to over the next few seasons here. It's a shame to see. Um, it's something that, you know, we, we talked about last week, um, how, you know, if you were to include, you know, um, a season of relegation, you know, if you were to include that, you, you don't see that. Because, you know, you watch a, a league like the Premier League over in England where, like, it's interesting at the bottom of the table and at the top of the table uh, at the end of the season because of teams that are trying to stay alive. So no one's tanking. There's no such thing as tanking in European sports um, because specifically of relegation. So it's it's going to be interesting. You have teams fighting for their lives at the bottom of the table. And that's just something that's, you know, it's it's not happening in North American sports and it's taking away from the integrity of the game. It's making games not fun to watch, you know? And I, I get it, like, you know, that's, it's, we're dealing with the cards that were dealt. But, um, yeah, I, I think for a team to go out there and just so blatantly tank is just is not good for the game at all. Yeah, they need to get a, a better grip of this. All I'm asking for is, like, we know it's going to happen. It's just have some fucking, like, 
standards. Consistency. You know? have, some standards. Have some so. consistency. If you're going to find one team, find them all. Find all, all these bottom nine teams. Houston, Minnesota, Orlando, Detroit, Cleveland, OKC, Sacramento. Find them all. If you're going to find one, find them all. Yeah. And again, bringing it back to what Van Vliet said in an interview not too long ago, of how this is one of the most unpure years of basketball he's ever been a part of. And this is, you know, another reason for that. Yeah. Uh, should we move on to our fantasy playoff pickups of the week? Let's do I it. I think we should. And before we do our pickups of the week, I just want to kind of bring light to... Because uh, I'm against you in a fantasy playoff right now. <laughs> in fantasy hockey, yes. In fantasy we're, hockey, we are against, we're against each, other each other in our semifinal. Um, I just want to take a moment to talk about this quote-unquote strategy <laughs> that you have. I'm going to bring bring some bring some attention yeah, to this. Yeah, let's do it. Quote-unquote strategy. <laughs> so for all you listeners out there, this strategy I'm talking about is, you know, in our hockey league, we... Um, we have the chance to change our lineups, to swap in players. Our bench is probably about four players. So you have an opportunity to swap in active players that night for inactive players. So like you, you constantly have players playing. This supposed strategy is, you know, like after it's all the players... It's a patented strategy. Stop calling it a supposed strategy. It's patented. All of the, all of the players, you, get, you have a point projection um, of like what your points, what your players' points are going to be at the end of the season or end of the week. Sorry, Josh's strategy is to bench all of his players so it le- it looks like he has a very low projection, so his opponent, who I am, will think you know like oh I don't have to make any roster moves because I'm such a huge favorite against Josh. But what Josh failed to realize is if he told me what his strategy is. <laughs> I would then know what his strategy is. I will then know how to seize the attack, you know, like defend the attack. Well, I mean, like we are on a sports podcast together. We're a sports, you know, team here together. So I'm going to let you in on my strategies. And I just, I let you in on it last week when I, when I started this strategy. It's not like you're giving me stock advice. I can fully see what you're trying <laughs> to do. It's not like I can, I can't go onto your team. And see, oh, Josh has nine players on the bench on Saturday. Like, (laughs) for some fucking reason. (laughs) So everyone who I'm playing in other leagues right now, just don't listen to this episode. I might just hide this episode from Yeah, you're going to edit this part out for sure. Yeah, 100%. But, um, yeah, no, it it worked for me last week. I, in... Other leagues specifically, I wasn't supposed to make it to the semifinals. But, you know, you just try and bench everyone you can. And then they don't... They see themselves as an easy win, and so they don't necessarily have to look at their team as much. They don't have to do that analyzing that you know a playoff team would have to do. You know, I, I just think for anyone listening out there, just don't tell the person you're up against what your strategy is and use this strategy because it will work for you. Just saying. All right. So who who is your pickup of the week in NBA and NHL? My pickup of the week. Start with NBA. Let's start with NBA. My pickup of the week for NBA is someone that <laughs> I didn't grab soon enough, um, and that's Mr. Kemberch. He has found a connection in Toronto. He is found a connection with Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry and him have that you know compatibility now, where they can just like Lowry knows where Kemberch is at all times, and that's a good thing for a point guard and a center. You know that connection. Um, Ken Birch is the piece that the Raptors were looking for. They they tried to find that in Aaron Baines, and they couldn't. 
Um, I, I think he is a good pickup. He is going to get you double doubles going forward, I think. That's a good deep league uh, shout-out right there. I mean, that's – Ken Birch has been he's, – he's playing five games this week as well. So if you missed out on him, you're missing out on five games. I think you picked him up, didn't you? Of course I did. Ah, oh, damn it. So thanks for that shout-out. Going with that same deep league selection, you know, someone we were talking about before the show started – I'm going to go with a homeboy here from Ontario, O'Shea Brissett, formerly of the Raptors, O'Shea Brissett. Now, O'Shea is, has been a godsend for in the Indiana Pacers. He was signed due to the Pacers being hit hard with their big men, with injuries, back injuries to Sabonis Miles and Turner. a foot injury to, to Turner. Yep. So, I mean, he has been eating over the last week. You know, like we've seen him put up games of 23 points, 12 rebounds. He's just been hitting double-doubles on a nightly basis over the last week. If he's available in your league, tonight he's against Brooklyn. On the weekend, he's against OKC. And I think he has four games again next week. He's going to be a solid pickup for the rest of the season here for you. Yeah, any any center, any power forward going up against Brooklyn is going to have a heavy matchup. So I think that's a good call. Uh, NHL pickup of the week. For me... Um, it's an interesting situation because it's going to be another goalie. I feel like that's been my trend recently, but it's it's Jake Allen. Um, I think Carey Price is going to be out for the remainder of the season. Um, whether or not they make the playoffs, I, I think they the Habs are going to make the playoffs, um, and I think that's when we'll see Price back. Um, but Jake Allen, um, you know, he had a rough night last night. Uh, most goalies are going to usually get lit up against the Leafs, but... Um, yeah, it's Jake Allen. Jake Allen is the number two. Right now he's the number one in Montreal, but he's he's getting all the starts. So, And Montreal needs wins going forward. So, Yeah, I think I had him as a pickup of the week a few weeks ago as well. So, I mean, if he's available, he is a starting caliber goalie. And yeah. They're not easy to come by on the waiver wire right now. 100%. My pickup of the week is Sam Bennett. Mr. Sam Bennett, Mr. Comeback Kid. Sam Bennett has been just on fire since getting traded from the Calgary Flames to the Florida Panthers. And usually, you know, like historically, if you get traded to the Florida Panthers, that's a negative thing. But <laughs> Florida's year, in not, the playoffs this not, year. Not this year. This year, They Sam clinched Bennett, the playoff spot this year, yeah. He has just been torching the league, right? So his first... What, what has he played now? His first eight games, he has... About 15 points. So it's almost two points a game. And now he's playing on a line. He's playing about 20 minutes a game. He's playing on a line with Jonathan Huberto. And that is a system for greatness, right? So, you know, they've already found some really great chemistry. Over his last couple games here, he's got a goal and four assists. So, I mean, like, definitely if he's available, he's available in 42% of leagues still. Go pick yep. him up. Go pick him up. Absolutely. All right. Uh, before we before we end our show, if I can leave you guys with anything, anything this week, I know we're going through a rough time, especially in Ontario. It is um, it, it's not easy out there. And what I wanted to say was, unfortunately, this past week I did I was reminded of how short life can really be. Um, so. What I want to say is, you know, reach out to the people that you care about, reach out to the people that are in your lives and let them know how much they mean to you. Let them know how important they are to you because you don't know how many more opportunities you're going to get. 
And so just, just check on your friends, make sure, you know, everyone knows what they mean to you. Yeah. In a time that we can't really see face to face, checking on your, checking on your people, you know, like just whether it's text or a FaceTime or, you know, like a, I don't know what else can you do? TikTok or send a Raven. <laughs> what? Send a Raven. <laughs> send a, a Raven, Raven, you know, you know, the, Never mind. Never mind. I don't know what that is, but <laughs> check in on your homies. Check in. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Have a good week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Shoot Your Thought Podcast. 